It's very random that we actually get to speak to each other face to face uh, over the last however many. What has that been? Eleven years? Twelve? Twelve years? How long has that been? I, I, I think I was counting. It's been eleven years. And 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 it's it's steady every single holiday, every single Christmas, every single everything. I get a text from you every time, and I, I will not miss a beat. And it's it's so rare to meet people these days who keep the same numbers for that long. And I'm very glad I kept mine and that I kept replying to you every single time. I, uh, I, I, I'm happy too. It's been, other than when I went to see you wrestle uh, last week, it's been since we were on the set of that famous big, huge movie that three people saw the last day of that. <laughs> Yeah, the last day. Hey man, I like that Night Love. That movie sucked. <laughs> you know, probably probably a lot a lot of the same people's complaints. It's like, yeah, and like, why was it so different from the, what the cartoon was? The cartoon was fun. The cartoon was funny, and this this was not. This was bleh. This was depressing. I tried to blame it on the movie Avatar coming out at the same time. Yeah, you know what? I think I justified that in my head as well. I'm like, oh, that's why it's not called Avatar The Last Airbender. But it's actually not called that because it stinks. I, he attempted to go with the story, but if you're, and I wasn't a diehard, but if you're a diehard, he changed character dynamics and you lost your core audience. Yeah, well, it's like the, the the pronunciations of the names were the 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 worst. Like Ang's name was Ang, and uh, what the, what was it? The man, it's been so long, and I kind of blanked a lot of it out. But the the grandma, they call her. There's there's a few other name changes that were like really unnecessary. They they got the head tattoo right. Like the head tattoo on the kid mm -hmm. was right. Yeah. And uh, we, you and I had a glorious six weeks of intense martial arts training and on-camera fighting that I, I, I at least feel it was worth the experience. Oh, yeah. I, well, I have, the, 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 the fact that the movie stunk had nothing to do with how, had nothing to do with how grateful, I'm so grateful that I had that experience. I'm so grateful that I made some of the friends that I made through that. Here I am 11 years later, and we're having a conversation, and we're becoming resources for each other. You know what I mean? So I look at that and some of the other friends that I have that I made on that film. I And I actually, you know, although over the holidays, you know, I did a little research. So I brought something for you, okay? Because I want to do it in honor. Okay. All right? It's my snare drum from seventh grade. It's not a conga. Ah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> 
We're a silly goose. All right. Has anybody else ever played a drum for you? Uh, no, no, not at all. Especially not the vir the virtual shows. I haven't had anybody play. Uh, before, when I, when I first started having the drums on the show with me, I would just have the guest start because they would just be in-person interviews. So I would just have the guest play it and, and, and sing whatever ditty came to their head. But uh, now, now that I'm doing it, now that I'm doing it virtually since, since the beginning of the lockdown, uh, right. I, don't, I, don't, uh, I, don't, I don't have a drum for the other guest to play. <laughs> I brought my own. Well, I, I, you know what? I love the accommodation. My, my pleasure. <laughs> and I also, while watching your podcast, I learned something else that I screwed up. I've had you in my phone as Corey Castle with a K the whole time. Oh, was it? And I Corey with Corey was spelled with a K. It's Corey with a K, and I screwed up your whole Calvin Klein Zoolander <laughs> whole setup that you had going on in your mind with your wrestling career, mm -hmm. but. I'm gonna get that corrected tonight. Well, you know, it's it's totally it's totally fine to make that mistake because it's not it's not the end of the world. <laughs> You'll get over it. You'll get yeah, over it. I mean, you you're not the first, and you won't be the last, and 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 it's it's forgivable. It's ridiculously forgivable. Thank you, thank you, Corey. I was I was concerned you might not let me let that. <laughs> no, I, I, I found that out by doing my podcast practice. All right? Yeah. Well, what else have you learned? Um, let's see. What else have I learned about the great Corey Castle? <laughs> I, you know, I well, let's see. Um, I, I, I learned, well, watching some of the podcasts, just some of the stuff you talked about, different things you went through in your childhood and, and just some of your personal experiences. And, and I think um, the way that you view life and I have an appreciation. And one of the things that I learned about you, because you and I talked and you said, you know, how do you know I, I wasn't a jerk? And I said, well, I spent six weeks with you. <laughs> Would have figured it out and you could have become one but you appreciate who you are probably better than most human beings i think you are happy with where you're at and who you are and and that's a very strong character trait that not everybody has oh thank you thank you so much Harry. i well I, I didn't think you were I didn't think you were gonna say some character stuff about me. I thought you were just gonna be like, oh, I learned that Miss Slippy's car is green or something. <laughs> no, I, <laughs> I, I, went into, I, I went in deeper. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, I very much appreciate it, and 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 as I say a lot, and it, you might have heard me say it before, how much how much it means to me, how how appreciated the currency of your effort. And all of that, all that attention paid, all that attention paid to, to learn something. I mean, I, and it was, in, it was in preparation for having a conversation with me, but I bet you that's how I get any of my listeners is just going, hey, why don't, you, why don't you take a look at the other old shows and see what it's like? And that's how I get people to, to stay listeners because they've been guests before. There They're you go. Overwhelmed. <laughs> Just, okay. What you gotta do is like we're we're you told me we're number two hundred and sixty two, 
I said frontwards and backwards. It's 262. It'll be easy number. All you got to do is a million podcasts. And you will get a million subscribers, just like that. Well, I wonder if I even ha No, I definitely don't have 262 subscribers. No, not even that. Maybe if, maybe if you add them all up from every platform, right? it might equal 262 listens. <laughs> maybe, maybe it'll equal up. Well, but, you know, hey, listen, I know, I did learn, you don't do this for the likes. <laughs> you want to feel the reward from doing it. I get it. And uh, it's so I appreciate it. It's, uh, I think you're doing a good thing, man. Uh, thanks, dude. Thanks so much, Harry. No, I, uh, like I said, uh, the, the on the record and how the, the gratitude is there for the, the effort, the currency spent. Uh, I always like to also flip it around. And before, you know what, before I even say this, I want to make sure I tell you hello and welcome and thank you so much. And I hope you feel safe and, and, and free to express yourself in any way in which you feel like you can and will. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for asking me to be on with you. And I, I know you, you had said... You had said that you had never done a podcast before, so uh, I, I hope that this is a this is a painless experience for you, and you'll just want to continue to do them all the time. I yes, a hundred percent. And a lot of the times when I have guests on, I'm always like, "Well, this is the beginning of our friendship." I'm like, with you, it's like, you know, this is like uh, not really the beginning, but it's, it's, a, it's a continuation and an <laughs> yeah, it's definitely an expansion because it wasn't like. It wasn't this, like, uh, vulnerable, get-to-know-me stuff, <laughs> like what we're trying to do here. No, like the, the Fight Club, single-serving friends. Single-serving. Yes, yeah. I, did I say that to you the other day? Uh, you said it, and it struck in my head, because I always call uh -huh. single-serving. I always yeah. say, I, I have some of the best single-serving friends you'll ever meet in your life. Yeah. <laughs> you say it to somebody, and they're like, I get it, it's clever. <laughs> How's it working out for you, being clever? <laughs> I've been doing all right, being clever. Like, yeah, yeah. Usually people call me a smart ass, but hey, it was like clever is a better, nicer word. So, yeah, I mean, uh, clever ass. <laughs> Someone calls you a smart ass to be like, clever ass. Dude, I, I want to tell you about the, the proudest joke I've made on on a dime like yesterday this guy was telling me about how he started going bald in the back and his girlfriend made a joke about his bald spot and he automatically wasn't mad at her and he still loved her and he's like this is it uh and and i said that's what you could that's what you call unconditioned love or unshampooed love <laughs> <laughs> and, and I was so proud of it. I was like vibrating, walking away. And then the, and I was like, man, I said to myself, man, I was proud of that one. And the guy crossed the other corner on the side of me. And he's like, yeah, that was a good one. Very impressive. <laughs> you, you can insert that into all your comedy shows. From now. <laughs> that was a good one. Very impressive. High five. <laughs> yep. Yeah, so I. I might do it on stage if I ever get on stage again. 
Well, yeah, I hope you do. I, it, you know, you look good in the ring. You got your whole stick going. That was, uh, that was very nice. Yeah, I'm glad, yeah. I'm glad that you're, you know, pursuing your dream. It's very cool. Thanks, Harry. I appreciate it, man. I, I, um, it's, it's, it's really almost like to to be able to be able to have you come and see me do my thing, like under those lights and in the ring and stuff like that. It's real. It's really neat because I feel like. Every 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 performance I have is like I'm I'm I feel super proud of it even like while it's happening I'm 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 kind of growing as a performer and I and I'm not ashamed to have friends come see me <laughs> as as I used to be when I knew I sucked. <laughs> <laughs> you no longer wrestle just in the backyard. You're oh. in the front yard. That's awesome. <laughs> I I actually I actually yeah. Uh, I, I'm trying to get added onto my IMDb page. Uh, I just found it today. It was uh, the the ba the backyard wrestling two video game for PS two, <laughs> right? I I I uh, I was in like a highlight video, a highlight real video in like the in the credits of the game, and it was just footage of me wrestling, and it was it looked like it, it was it was outside in a car lot. And it made it into the backyard wrestling video game, and I just tried to add it to my IMDb page today. So I contributed to IMDb having having me be in the backyard wrestling two video game for PS PS two. That's awesome. How many people have that credit on their IMDb page? Oh, you know, so few, so few. It's a very elite bunch. I have no credits on any video game other than you know, like I, I beat some of them growing up. You know? Oh, yeah, and you get a little tro you get a little trophy nowadays if you play on on Xbox or if you play on PlayStation. When you get accomplishments, you get little trophies. Does those happen for you? You don't you don't you don't play video games nowadays? Uh, yeah, I retired from video games. I don't seem to have enough time for it. I you know I uh, listen. I grew up. I literally grew up when they became Atari and we had the Sears video arcade version of it, which is the same thing, just sold at Sears. I, I don't know if my parents saved five dollars. And then <laughs> Nintendo and then Super Nintendo and the GameCube, the Nintendo sixty four and Wii and I was a Nintendo kid. And then uh, the only reason I got Xbox is because they had the cool Star Wars games and Matrix. Mm -hmm. And then that you know, but then after that, I just kind of trailed <laughs> off. Well, I mean, if you've listened to the podcast enough times, you have heard me talk about how I don't play video games. Like, I'm just, just, I'm just not good at them. I'm not, I'm not wasting my time continuing to lose for hours. It feels, it feels non-productive. You are the video game. You're, you got a credit with your name on it on a video game. So you don't have to play it. Well, we'll see. Fingers crossed. You got to wait till it gets approved. All right. Well, I hope it does. <laughs> well, I'll write a reference for you. That, you know what? Coming from you, that's going to that's gonna push it right to the top. Yeah, I got a lot of pull with IMDb, especially with that, you know. Having met a night Chimelon and all that. <laughs> what didn't you like? Didn't you like try to impale him or something? I, all right, I didn't try and impale him, and and I did. I had my spear. Okay, we were for all the viewers. 
Corey and I were both water tribe soldiers. I was trained to use my spear, but I had it over my shoulder, like facing the wrong way or something. And I was wrapped into a conversation with, I think, my buddy Alto, that I've actually, I, I think I mentioned to you, I used him. Yeah, you did. For a Cadillac show that I do. And we were just talking. And I was engaged in the conversation, talking, just not looking. And I, some guy goes, whoa. And I, I literally looked up, and it's M. Night Shyamalan, and I always, almost took his head off with my rubber spear. <laughs> did you? Did you remember? Did you remember our buddy uh, Brud Anderson? It's, it sounds familiar. He, he, he had I, tattoos all over his head. Yeah, I, yeah. I didn't stay in touch with him, but I think I uh, remember. He he just became the mayor of Mooresville. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. It's so freaking cool. I was so excited for my friend. <laughs> it was like it's like. You fall in and out of contact. That's what I'm saying. Like when it comes to friends I made on that movie and friends I'm still friends with, Brad is one of those one of those buddies. And it's funny now that he's a politician. Oh my God! Does he does he credit his experience on the movie? <laughs> no, well he he became like a he became like a SAG actor after that, and he did a lot of like serious roles. I I uh, him and I were both extras together on Creed, the first Creed movie. Oh wow. Yeah, he he got me that. You know, you know what was funny about that because I had done like I did a lot of stage acting, and I did some other independent films and like other stuff. But that was the first real movie set I was on, and I ended up with like ten or twelve SAG waivers. And I forget some woman that was sitting in the back during one of our breaks. She got a SAG waiver. She had been doing it for ten years in California, and she started jumping up and down and said that was her first SAG waiver. Well, well, Brud got wavered. Like, he, he got the same amount of waivers as you, uh, and that's what made him and SAG. They actually, they gave me, they gave me SAG pay, but didn't waiver me. Right. Uh, and Brud told me that that would still count. If that does count, I, I'm, at, now, at this point, I'm actually SAG eligible, but <clears throat> But if I were to have counted those, I would have been SAG eligible 11 years ago. Well, the, the crazy part was is that she had been doing because I was never going to do it. And it was funny because I, I was a puppeteer, too, and I met one of the SAG reps on, on, on set, and he told me, like, puppeteers got paid like a fortune. But I, I wasn't going to stay. In, I, well, it ended up – I shouldn't say that. It ended up that I didn't stay in that field. But if I had, I would have not gone SAG right away because if you do, you can't do anything that's not SAG. And so if you're not a name in the business yet, it's harder to get speaking roles. Mm -hmm. You really got to kind of build up your, your street cred, so to speak. Yeah, I was, I was a little nervous about that as well as being nervous about like being uh, recorded for televised things. Right. Or like doing any wrestling. That stuff was all kind of... Uh, iffy for me and not really sure and kind of uh, made me kind of back away from joining SAG. Plus, uh, I, I don't think I ever like had a spare three grand just laying around. <laughs> well, I, I was just amazed that this, this poor woman that had been doing this for a living for 10 years, like evidently in California, she was like 
would walk down the street in the background or do something that didn't get her close enough to the camera or did, you know, wasn't doing martial arts. Like that's why you were getting paid the SAG wages, even if they weren't handing you the waivers. Right. We were at risk, they have to. So right. fact, whatever she was doing in the background didn't warrant her getting a waiver for so many years. And if you're getting started out in the business, and I don't know how Philly is since those tax law changed, but Philly made a lot of movies for a long time. A lot of movies were being made in Philly. And I, I, I don't want to say it was easy, but there was a lot of stuff that was being filmed when I was doing that stuff. Uh, the, um, oh, the other friends that I made, uh, did you know Joe Griffo? I've had him on the podcast a couple times now. Oh, really? Yeah, he, he's, uh, He's doing cool stuff, man. He's doing really, really, really cool stuff. He uh, he does like claymation, and he does like some some pretty like notable stuff. Like he's done he's done uh, animated shorts for Kevin Smith for uh, the Kevin the James Allen Bob's uh, reboot, and uh, I think he's doing something for Clerks Three when that comes out. Oh wow! Yeah, so that's super rad. What I, you've got to think with all of the platforms with Hulu and Netflix and Peacock and fucking Disney Plus and all of those streaming platforms. <laughs> it's so funny because the one, the the one that the one that you picked that's like four kids. You said fucking right before you said it. You were like well, Netflix and Hulu and 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 fucking Disney Plus. <laughs> Disney's <laughs> In Star Wars, man. <laughs> Kids? Well, you know, I grew up with Star Wars, so. Are you watching the new stuff? Um, it, it's too much, man. I'm trying. Yeah. Like, I, I'm caught up on my Marvel movies, and they're amazing. I think the way that they took these individual movies and formed them into a centralized we can call it universe, but now it's the multiverse. I think the way that they set those movies up and plan so far in advance is incredible. And the so is it MCM now, not MCU? Well, right now it's the MCU. We'll see after Doctor Strange comes out if it'll be the MCM. <laughs> but, I, but I do think, I, I do think, if you look at all the different franchises and movie franchises, that's the one where. I mean, that is a lot of orchestration. All of those same actors being utilized, mm -hmm. they only had a couple times where they had to switch out, but it's just incredible how seamless they've made them all kind of like form together. It, that, they, they did a great job. You know, you know what's funny? Like, uh, I, and I'm just thinking about like the, the kid who was on Full House, who played DJ's boyfriend on Full House, did the voice for Aladdin, and that employed him, like, through the parks and doing voiceovers and doing, like, the cartoon and all that stuff. That stuff employed him for, like, 30 years. Wow. And it's funny to think about all these actors who are doing the Marvel stuff now and the Star Wars stuff now. Like, the, the royalties and the opportunities to make appearances is, is astonishing. Well, and, and the fact that they brought, like, Luke Skywalker back and Princess Leia back and, and Harrison Ford said he would never, ever, ever do Han Solo again. And they brought him back, obviously. Spoiler alert to kill him. So, spoiler alert! Oh, 
Oh no! Don't, don't tell me they cut him in half! Don't tell me that they cut him in half! I don't want to hear that! Alright, I gotta tell you, I, I, I'll tell you this story because I was a big Star Wars fan. Oh, say it ain't so. Alright, well, this, was a, this is a spoiler. I am a huge Star Wars fan. Since I was a kid, like Star Wars came out, I was too young to see it, but when I when I could see it, I watched it, I loved it. Empire Strikes Back, my mom like didn't let me watch it until I was like freaking 12. So I had to jump the Return of the Jedi. But I was engaged and in and Star Wars and Star Wars. So you were too young to watch Star Wars, but you were old enough to get married? What? Not my <laughs> So, I'm into Star Wars, and all those years, Phantom Menace comes out, all that stuff, and I have a daughter. My daughter has no interest in Star Wars. She could care less, other than, like, her mother videotaped her saying, Hoot, I am your father, instead of Luke, and that was, like, her joke. Well, we went to dinner right before The Force Awakens, which was part of that new trilogy, came out. Yeah, I saw I saw it at I in IMAX. Okay, well we're at Chili's. I'm going to see it that night at midnight. Like I don't want to see anything on Google for spoiler alerts or anything or any secrets. I don't want to know. I'm sitting at dinner, and she was a fan of the show Girls, and the dude that played Kylo Ren was in. Well, it was the boyfriend Girls? Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And so out of nowhere, my daughter that has no Star Wars interest looks at me and goes, is Kylo Ren Han Solo's son and does he kill him halfway in the movie? And I'm like, ah, like, what? Ah. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, spoilers that were inside of questions. It was horrible. It was, it was depressing. I went to see the movie. The kill happens. I swear it would have impacted my life so much more if I didn't know about it going into it. But it happened. Well, you know, I, I think I think being in the show business, being in the the business of show, mm -hmm. uh, I think I've been involved with knowing spoilers since the beginning, and spoilers never bug me. It's yeah. it's it's such a strange thing. Like um, like I can remember like I can remember the smell of the building, being backstage, and then putting up a piece of paper on the board that says like this match, this match, underline the guy who's winning. This match, this match, underline the guy who's winning. So I would know the results before it would ever happen. So, like, I would still want to watch it because I knew it would be good. It right. didn't matter what the winner or the loser was. Like, it didn't matter what the outcome was. I would still – and I'd be creating spoilers. You know what I mean? I'd be, I'd be the one whose name was underlined or the one whose name wasn't underlined. That's so, okay. All right. So I see that. See, I didn't think of that dynamic because of what you do. Right. Your, your lifelong involvement, like that is your life. You already know the ending before the story ever plays out. Right. Yeah. Right. So so if, if I were to hear about a spoiler like that, I would go, oh, okay, whatever. Like, I still want to watch it. I still want to see what happens. Like, I want to see what it looks like when it happens. Um I was just talking today about how my older sister spoiled my surprise birthday party when I was a little kid, and and I really didn't care. I was like, I'm still I'm still having a birthday party. Ah, that's awesome. Like I didn't for a second like go, oh, oh bummer poo because it was like, my birthday is the first of December. My my mom rented a pool for, at the YMCA, right? 
So she rented, and it was November, and I'm sitting there in the in the car. I'm in the back seat. My mom and my older sister are in the front seat, and and uh, my and my sister says to my mom, "Oh, you should tell you should tell Nancy to pack swimmies for Brianna." And I was like, "Swimmies? What? It's November. Who's what?" What does that mean? <laughs> and then I kept, and I wouldn't shut up, and I kept asking about it until they like told me, yeah, well, yeah, well, we're gonna rent a, rent a pool and uh, surprise birthday party. Uh, still like surprise, please. And I was like, okay, I'm an actor, I'm a performer, I got this. <laughs> See, I've been so mad. <laughs> surprise! I love surprises. Oh yeah, surprises are awesome, but uh, I if. If they happen, Nate, if not, what else? That's, you know, hey, listen, it set you up for what you ended up doing. You, mm -hmm. you know, you know, if Hulk Hogan was winning or Andre the Giant, you know, whatever. If Corey Castle's winning the match or is it, you're going to play it out. I get it. I see it. That's, that's, I, all right. It's, it's, it's two different perspectives. I like it. And, and I, in, in what I do, I like the natural human reaction like um and 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 you know this with with uh i'm not a Delaware cadillac now i started out doing infomercials that have evolved into basically a a freaking show to the point where like people will be watching it or i'll even say to my finance guy uh yeah this is a car commercial like we are supposed to be selling cars here <laughs> but i'll do things and will not tell my co-host what's going to happen i won't tell I won't even tell my camera guy sometimes unless he needs to know where to put the camera because mm -hmm. I want to get that initial human reaction. Right, the, the, sincere, the sincere, sincere knee-jerk reaction. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so, so you're knee-a-jerk. What's that? Yeah. So, I, so, so you're knee-a-jerk. Right. I, I want to see the authentic, authentic, authentic. I don't want... You know, if I get you to laugh, I want you to really laugh. Like, I don't want the put-on laugh or the fake laugh. And I never, because everything's ad-libbed. All of it's, like, we've got an initial concept. And there's, like, numbers we've got to memorize for, like, promotions that we're doing. But everything else is literally off the cuff. We might have, like, I might say to her, look, when I say this, say that, or, or, or something. But for the mm -hmm. most part... It's it's just ad lib. It's whatever's coming out of our mouth. Kind of like kind of like um, always sunny Philadelphia, Curb Your Enthusiasm, ZO2. Like the, that. Do you ever watch any of those shows? Curb Your Enthusiasm. I have watched every single season. What yeah. To Eleven. I think I think so. Yeah. Or twelve. Uh, is it twelve? Larry David is incredible. It's such a good show. I, yeah, I mean, I like Seinfeld. Don't get me wrong, I like Seinfeld, but Larry, like Larry David's, just amazing to me. And maybe because uh, he had HBO, he was able to go a little further. Uh, well, yeah, I, I mean, um, I never liked Seinfeld. No. And like, still, if I try to watch it, I just can't. And it seems like I'm waiting. I'm waiting for the iconic parts that people keep talking about. And it's like, uh, yeah, everything else is kind of boring. It's well, it, it's very whiny. <laughs> well, right. Like, like, yeah, I mean, the characters can get redundant. And how many times can Kramer burst through the door? Like, 
you know, it, I, I get it. It's old. It, you know, it's like it's like how every ACDC song sounds the same. What? But I think. That, <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I don't dislike ACDC at all, but a lot of their songs sound the same. But the, the original concept that they had, because like if you ever watch any Seinfeld or Larry David interview, they'll talk about they were walk, walking in like some Chinese food market and they were just talking randomly and like, this is the show. Like this, like in other words, it was supposed to be real life. And, yeah. yeah things. I, I really liked, I really liked the stand-up comedy. I really wish there was more focus on, on like Jerry's comedy career. Right. Like they just go, oh, you're doing well these days. That they never show the fact that like anybody's his fan or anything. Right. It became less about the comedy and more about. But he would still do the bits at the end, at the, the beginning and the end. Right. Like that was what that whole show was the setup for his joke bit that he was going to use in his comedy. But you're right. They focused more on the uh, the setup. The sitcominess of it, the yeah. the the situational comedy, right? Yeah, no, I yeah, no, I get exactly where you're coming from with that. I I love sitcoms, man. Sitcoms, sitcoms to me, I I I think that's like a dream job of mine to to be like a main a main cast on a sitcom, like that that comedic timing and that and that name identity, like to be to be like billing on a on a sitcom and get that credit. And then be able to tour on that credit and be able to be a draw on that credit and then have that credit come back to people going, oh, he has a podcast, you know. Oh, you know that, that he also is a pro wrestler. Oh, he watches wrestling. Oh, I'm seeing wrestling for the first time and I'm a fan. I'm going to subscribe to his podcast. I'm going to listen to I'm going to follow. I'm going to follow, 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 follow. And that's, I want it all to kind of be that cyclical thing. But not, I'm not necessarily saying that uh, sitcom comedy uh, is going to be my for sure future, but it's for sure something I dream about pretty often. Well, and I did, when I was uh, doing like summer theater stuff and like community college theater and all that stuff, I got to do um, some British comedies and I got to do like other things like Beauty and the Beast. And my first thing I did was like Godspell and uh, I did the sound of music. What's what I liked about the stage, which the British comedy is all about timing, everything. One mm -hmm. door shut, the other door open immediately after, and just some of the wittiness. And, 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 and then I've also had situations where you were able to like ad-lib a bit. The good thing about doing the stage acting is that made me bigger. Like it's easier to be bigger and you can all, like you're in the ring, right? In order to be in the ring, you've got to be bigger than life, big Corey Castle. When you go on the TV, you got to kind of like shrink a little bit. Like you got to tighten it up a bit. Right, because you, you're not playing to the cheap seats. The people are all right here in front of you watching. So you don't have to you don't have to sell it to the cheap seats. But it was what was what was great for me on that was you got and and I know you enjoy this. You got the immediate reaction. You got to hear the laughter. You got to hear the applause. You got to see the standing ovation. Right. There's no feeling like that. Right. Life, yeah. You know, and the stand and, 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 you know, a lot of people that did, you know, they went into sitcoms or whatever the case might be. What's nice about getting into a sitcom, you can really develop that character. You can marry that character. I, I think your, 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 your joke crafting 
uh, improves as well, I think. So, like, the, um, the timing, I'd say... Uh, I, I bet you. I bet you. It's it's very rewarding for that instant that instant reaction. If it's a joke you wrote, right? Uh, that's. I mean, that's what stand up is for me. It's like the 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 laughs being based off of material that I I cultivated. Well, and getting that immediate laugh, that's got to be. I, I, I mean, you wrote it. You you said it. Right. You wrote it. You made it up. I mean, it's it. Where that takes it to another level, because remember, <clears throat> an actor on a stage, unless you wrote the play, you're just yeah. reciting lines that somebody else wrote. Uh, mm -hmm. It does help you to get your timing down, and it does help you on chemistry, because your character developing against other people. But when it comes to you doing a stand-up co comedy routine, or even in your wrestling, I mean, you're, you're creating that character, or you're creating that joke. And, 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 and so that's like, it is, it's a whole nother level for that. Well, uh, you were asking me, I, were you asking me about if, if, if on my podcast, I'll say, if I'll, I'll like come out and be like, oh, I'm a bad guy wrestler. I'm playing a heel. <laughs> I was like, I think that if people are following it and see the way I truly am and then are, and then seeing some of the performing that I'm doing. They'll they'll be able to read between the lines, mm -hmm. but but I for sure like to blur the lines because I don't want to be constantly reminded that kayfabe's all the way dead. Well, and and it depends on like when when because when I'm watching when I was watching your wrestling stuff, you know, mm -hmm. and I'm watching not just your performance but all the performances. You and I can't remember all their names, but you've got the different characters that are coming up. The guy that was the champ that just lost the championship that betrays the other guy or whatever. And then, you know, you come on and, and you're, you know, riling the crowd by telling the other, you know, tag team that you're about to beat their ass and all that stuff. I mean, the whole thing is it's a development of a universe, okay? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You can call it the multi-universe, or you did, can call it... Did you, did you hear the announcer announce me as from the multiverse? Like, I, I have them announce me as from the multiverse. Like, See, and I just brought that right into this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but it's, you're, you're part of that wrestling, you know, the DCW universe that's created. Mm -hmm. So it's a matter of, yeah, Corey Castle, the wrestler... He's the bad guy, and he just got beat up by so-and-so, and that's what's going on this week. And, and next week, he's still going to be the bad guy, and maybe one day he'll become good. I mean, Hulk Hogan became bad for a while. Yeah. But, I, you know, how far down that rabbit hole do you go? You've got other entities, so you're mm -hmm. a comedian, and you're a podcaster, as well as you have to be a human being. Uh, right. Oh yeah, working, work grind, grinding out these jobs, bro. Trying to trying to get the trying to get these dollars. The currency. The currency. The currency of dollars. <laughs> I I told you I just watched your podcast with Boone. So and you brought up currency earlier. I found out you uh, love the word currency too. I, I yeah, it's my it's a you know because it's not just about it's like there the. It's not just the exchange, but it's like, it's, it's, um, it's energy. 
energy is currency. Energy is vibrations. And, uh, you know, the current that goes through the, you know, the electric wires that, that make this microphone work. That make... <laughs> The currency you had to use to pay for the microphone. Oh, yeah, the currency I had to use to pay for the microphone. <laughs> That's right. It's, uh, yeah, no, I, I listen, you, you've got all these things going on. So, yeah, at some point you got to say, yes, Corey Castle, the wrestler, is a bad guy. But, you know, Corey Castle, the podcaster, he's pretty cool. He's a <laughs> It seems it seems like if you were to watch me uh, be a heel and go out there and get booze and and make that performance and then like listen to the podcast just be like oh the kind of stuff that Corey's been through or whatever and they talk about me or they talk about they put my podcast over then like somebody listens to it and then learns some more and then and then and then they go okay this must be somebody who's really in love with what he's doing instead mm-hmm. instead of somebody who's actually a bad guy. Well, right. I mean, how many, there were a lot of good guy wrestlers and, you know, you could probably cite everyone by name, but there was good guy wrestlers that in real life were able. No, probably. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I meet, I meet up with those people once per month. So it's like I don't really know much of what's going on in their personal lives. I don't know. the 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 funny thing was, I, I had a I had a feud a couple years ago with this guy, and like we made it this big long this big long thing, and then um, it came out that he had molested somebody, and he got canceled. So it's like all all that all that excellent work that we put into it, all the all the the emotions that we stirred up and all the crowds that we drew and all the, the money that we made, all that was taken away by the fact that he was a good guy. He was playing a good guy, but he was not, he was really a bad guy. That's well, yeah, see that's, that's like the punishment that should be punishable by death. There's no other, I, I, you can't restore the innocence of a child, and that's like the worst thing in the entire world. Oh that's yeah, I, I, I didn't I didn't know if it was a, a kid. Or, I don't think it was, but I'm saying like just just to just to uh, aggressively pursue something that is denied is uh, yeah. not approved by me. <laughs> it do, it doesn't matter what it is. I, well, unless it's like chocolate. I mean, chocolate. You're not harming anybody else but yourself. Well, well, it's it's weird, and um, I'm not gonna get I'm not gonna get fully into all of it. But there was a there was a, a money mark. We'll, we'll call it like one of the guys who invests in the company, who um, was for a wrestling company that I was working for, uh, was in a, like a child porn ring, and. And like that dude was paying me at the end of the nights, and I was wondering, I was like, oh, I hope none of this money, none of this money. And I, I just the karmatically, uh, karmatically, I feel gross thinking about it. And and and, and that and like dude, wrestling, wrestling is filled with just these these just 
characters who can't be made up. You can't make up everything about these people. It, it's not all manufactured. It's not all a work. People are what they are, and sometimes it's such a character that you can't decipher. The, 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 the one guy who I've known for years, and we've always got along, and he, we've always seen each other, and we hug at shows and stuff, he... He just got arrested. He drove to Chicago and kidnapped a 13-year-old girl in his hotel room. And I'm like, that, that dude's like, he like raped that 13-year-old girl. He's in jail for the rest of his life. And I'm like, oh, shit, I didn't suspect that one bit. But these are the types of people who, like, we, we get around because wrestling attracts the weirdest of the weirdos. But... Well, and listen, it's not it's not wrestling alone. There's I mean, you could choose any career, you know, set up and and I'm Catholic and I go to church every Sunday and I and and you know, I believe in God and you know, look at what the priests went through and the problem is is that there's so many bad individuals that went into their career with the wrong intention or the wrong idea or whatever and they do the wrong thing. It doesn't immediately mean that every single priest is a bad human being. Mm. Scoutmasters for the Boy Scouts, like all those people that are horrible human beings. And that was one of the things that actually got me back to church because I was being lazy and I was like, you know, hey, you know, I got 16 nephews and nieces. I got five older sisters. I was fortunate that, you know, my parents raised me right. And, you know, I went through good experiences in life. But... It happens. Bad crap happens to people. Bad crap happens to families. Bad crap happens to kids all the time. It's like, I, you know, we encounter these different individuals. We try and avoid it, but you don't know who you're working aside. And, 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 and in your relationship, you know, I work with people every day. I don't, I don't do background. Well, I sort of do background checks, but I don't do <laughs> checks, like, you know, into all their deep, dark secrets. Right. But when you have people that are in the performing world, you have a unique personality in order to do what you do. And well, I, I, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna. That was gonna be a question that I asked you. Was about um, what was the what was the 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 hole created that made you want to fill it with uh, with uh, attention and validation? What 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 made you a part of the validation army? What was the what was the I was the bottom of six children and I was the only boy and I don't know see I was my dad was a cop retired at 78 and went in active reserve and we moved when I was six we moved again when I was 12 I switched schools and we moved you know to the Philly to Virginia, then Jersey. I moved around a lot. And I don't know if it was between being the youngest kid and needing that attention or um, just, I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I, I have no idea. I can tell you that it was late. I didn't get into acting until I was in the 11th grade. And I went into Godspell. And it was like, I had to be an extrovert. Because of the fact that I moved around so much, can, can we can we can we also say eleventh grade isn't late? <laughs> like that's not late. You're still a kid, 
That's not late at all. You gotta you give yourself a little more grace here. You're really, really, really trying to sweep your own legs out from under yourself. Listen, I, you know, I still say that I'm 29 for the 17th year in a row. So I'm not <laughs> saying it's, you know, I mean, I wasn't at five and seven and eight. Like some people are dancing their whole life, singing their whole life, performing their whole life. I didn't really get into that part of it. You know, I played soccer. That was as much of a stage as I was on. But I didn't get into the acting stuff until late in comparison to other people. Um, but once I did it, 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 it filled whatever was going on. Mm-hmm. And to be able to become an entirely different person. Yeah. And, and just, I, I don't know. It, it was It was very rewarding and fulfilling. I love the whole getting into characters, memorizing lines. I would purposely memorize my lines as fast as possible because I felt that would help me get into character better and understand it. Um, and it just and it just became like performing became part of my heart, part of my passion. I mean, I, I think I always <clears throat> went to California at 19. I didn't. I got in the car business for the summer. And you've been in it ever since? That's uh, 27 and a half summers ago. Yeah, all right. Other that sounds than, like that sounds like a Billy Crystal special. I, I know. It was a, well, other than I had I had my break to go into the performing world, I did get into puppeteering before I had gone into the car business, and I toured the entire Northeast, and I was doing puppet shows uh, for a company called Sudeke's Puppets, and I had done, like, community theater and summer theater and all this other stuff before you you went on tour yeah when i was uh with the puppeteering business it was, it was a, 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 pup, a puppeteur i was a puppeteur <laughs> a puppeteur you were going on a ventriloquist no it was a great gig i got paid by the hour from the minute he drove away to the hotel they gave me money for food it was that's so rad place. dude that's awesome I, and i um I ended up doing that later. I did it in Smithville, New Jersey. I was Annabelle Bear. My dad was fr- very proud to tell people that I was a four-year-old female bear. Did, did you, do you, uh, have you ever done that for your uh, Delaware Cadillac show? I, I have not. And the lady that I used to puppeteer with, it was her husband had passed away. And it was weird. We were waiting in line for a haunted train uh, for my daughter, and I went to the Brownstone Puppet Theater, and I had this conversation. Told this woman I had puppeteered. She told me a story, um, and we ended up being partners for a lot of years. Unfortunately, her name's Nancy. She passed away. Her daughter told me she was going to give me Annabelle, uh-huh. but then she never did. And funny enough, last year my house burnt down. And if I had Annabelle, I would have lost Annabelle. So maybe I wasn't meant to have her yet. But I am going to reach out, and I might do a puppet show uh, for the Delaware Cadillac show sometime. Can, can, can we can we do a can we do a thing with the the puppets the puppets driving cars? <laughs> I mean that that seems to track because you you know you see you see puppets from the from the torso up. You you're never. You're never seeing legs, so if they're behind the wheel of a car. It it yeah, just feels like a. Under, you know, somebody's got to be watching the road. You just you don't actually.
actually drive a car. I'm saying put green screens up and 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 put put the road on the green screens. Listen, when I spent three grand on a circus on the show, I got in a little trouble. You know, my budget isn't that big. I, I got... But bro, dude, we just did we just did a whole movie in 2015 where we just went to the went to the craft store and we bought some some green stuff. We we just bought some green and some PVC pipes and we put that around the car and made that our driving thing and it was completely no budget. Uh, I think I think Steve had. I think Steve had a uh, uh, Final Cut Pro or whatever, whatever, uh, green, whatever software where you could pull out and put like a uh, footage over it, and uh, that's that's how we shot the driving scenes. It's re it's really something that isn't as hard as you think, and or it isn't as unaccessible as you might believe. Well. Okay, but here's the here's the funny thing. One, do you have green sheets at your house I can borrow, maybe, or something? Uh, no, they're gone now. <laughs> they're gone now. I don't know where they are. But, it, but I'll t I'll tell you that um, the and and ladies and gentlemen, go like, subscribe, Delaware Cadillac Show on YouTube. I'm plugging myself. Um, <laughs> it's so funny because the most involved shows, and I told you about the cemetery two times, so now I'll tell you on on camera. I, I put this whole thing together and I like read all this research about old Swedes. And like, I mean, I spent an invested time just researching this place. And then my camera guy was the guy that shot forensic files, which was on TV for like 10 years. Mm -hmm. His, his two of his prop guys came out as his production assistants and set up an elaborate display in the cemetery. That's the most incredible thing you could ever do. Like real Hollywood stuff. That show got 1,400 views. Okay? Yeah. Caitlin and I, Caitlin's my co-host, we've done magic shows. And there's a tie into that. We did a magic show where I sawed her in half, which was awesome. And it's over 15,000 views. I sawed her in half. Uh, so 15,000 people sawed it? Yes, 15,000. You weren't one of them necessarily, but it could be 15,001. No, I was just only saying it because you said you saw you saw her in half and you saw and you said how many views it had. So I said that, that many people saw it. She's not currently. <laughs> uh, so you, you, you glued her back together. Right. Well, okay, so that show was... Gl glue tube. But then I did a show where I had her pick a card out of a deck. And I'm not a magician, okay, at all, okay? She's been involved in magic her whole life. Her fiancé is an actual magician. I'm not a magician. I said, pick a card. She picks a card. She shows it to the audience. She puts it in the deck. I shuffle it. I have no clue what I'm doing. I pick the card and I say, is this your card? She says, no. I said, is this your card? She says, no. I went through 32 cards in the deck till I finally got her card and say, the great hair. That's the whole concept. It's, 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 it's a, a, a hat. whole setup. That's it. That thing's got almost 6,000 views. <laughs> so what I'm learning is the more elaborate I get with my setups, the less views I get. <laughs> I gotta keep it simple. Yeah, well, of course, of course. It's uh, I no, I love it. I you know because it's my, it's my creative, uh, my creative juices that 
you know, I, I, that yearn for the standing ovation or the applause or the laughter, I want you to laugh. You know, I want everybody to laugh and I want them to enjoy what we're doing. I want to bring something to the table and it's, uh, and it's, and it is, it's about branding the dealership and it's about branding us because I do actually care about the people that I'm catering to and that I deal with on a daily basis. But then I have the advantage that in doing this show, it fills that void for me because I want to make you happy. I do. I, I want to make you happy. I want to make my mother happy. I want to make everybody happy um, just because. Have you ever heard the phrase uh, giving people flowers while they're alive? It's funny you said that because on my grandmother's coffin, they put that. Give me the flowers while I'm alive as opposed to the dozens of roses when I'm dead or whatever. I don't remember it exactly. Right. Right. Yes. But but it's almost like you're like trying to get those while I'm alive flowers. You're like, throw those flowers at me while I while I go and have this creative outlet. And and somehow the uh, some somehow it's it's working for you, man. It's it's uh, it's, it's it's cool to see how alive you are talking about it. It's, it's uh, cool. It well and, and it's good and what what I'm happy about, because at the end of the day, it's not, it's, it's not about me. In other words, I have a job to do and I, and, and I'm a driven individual. And so my goal is to be number one. I'm wearing, this isn't, I don't wear this every day. This is where the number one Cadillac dealer in the Philadelphia district. All right. That's the, this isn't like real gold, everybody. I don't actually wear this every day. <laughs> I, I, I'm driven. I'm 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 driven on that level, and I'm sincere with my interactions with people. But what's becoming really rewarding is where we turned it. When COVID happened, we were blessed that we were open, and Delaware allowed us to be open. We did home deliveries. We did all these things. I had four core guys that I called my four horsemen. They stayed with me the whole time. And we kicked butt. Other places were closed. Other people were stuck home in their basement. Whether they were fearful, whether they were, you know, uh, immune system compromised or, you know, had something going on that, they, you know, they were more susceptible or because they couldn't. You know, think about all the people that couldn't. What I was happy about, I got to give the kudos to my four horsemen. And talk about how great I thought all the employees were at Delaware Cadillac and Auto Team Delaware. And I got to bring that to the forefront that they did a great job. But then my number one celebration, I brought up the circus. Think about it. You're doing podcasts because of it. People that performed and people that did circuses and we had a mime, Ridiculous Nicholas. I'll give him a plug. He was just at a convention. We had a fire eater. We had Luna that Cadillac still gives me grief about. She's a contortionist that was on the hood of a Cadillac. That's evidently a problem for Cadillac. <laughs> uh, we had an aerialist and a clown. All those people had not been able to perform other than maybe they had done a Zoom thing or something that was more minimal. But just being able to perform, even though it was in a car dealership showroom, right. and they were getting funds from it, the money, the currency was 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 part of it. Yeah, but it was important to those people performing. That was awesome. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and then when the restaurant started opening, I became friends with, um, and, I, and I hope you don't mind me plugging every person I come in encounter with, Luigi Vitron uh, from Possibilities and a guy named John that owns Walter Steakhouse. They're both in Wilmington. Um, and then Dan from Grotto's and uh, Elvis at Chelsea. All these restaurants, because I can't cook. I'm a happily divorced man. Um, uh, broke up with a girlfriend over Christmas. But at the time of COVID, I can't cook. I can make ramen noodles and cereal. And that's like the extent of it. I had to live on. Well, it, it, now, wait, wait. So how, how come the relationship ended over Christmas? What happened? I, well, it was before Christmas. Okay. Uh, uh, well, it was, let's just go with, it was, um, culturally, she and I were not on the same page. And the biggest, the biggest thing that stunk was I had already bought her Christmas gifts and I hate returning stuff. So I, I ended up giving them to somebody else, but that's beside the point. I returned some things, but it was like. I, I no, I, I I did that too. I uh, I I I I bought a girl Valentine's gifts, and I, I wanted to break up. I gave her the Valentine's gifts, and then I broke up with her. Like, I, listen, I'm, I'm like, see. so I already gave you this stuff. I bought it. I'm not gonna give it to nobody else. So take this stuff, but I'm breaking up with you. I, well, see, I'm not cheap, and if it was. If it was amicable or if it was like neutral, I would have gladly given her everything. I would have given her every gift. I'm not cheap. I will, I like, if I bought it with the intention to give it to you, I will give it to you. But there were some things said that let's just say really pissed me off. So I didn't feel that she was entitled to anything. (laughs) I'll leave it at that. All right. Okay. Off topic, I said. No, it <laughs> but it was um. So yeah, it, 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 it's it's uh yeah. Other a, a, another very good friend of mine got the gifts, and he appreciates each and every one. Good. Very good. Very very good. I well, <laughs> and and to go into my okay, I'll go back to my restaurants. Uh, take things, take out. Uh, one of the things that I did. Was one of the things she said, like, you can only make ramen noodles and cereal, you broke motherfucker! (laughs) (laughs) All right, so, takeout. I lived on takeout. I loved Uh takeout. And I I had engaging conversations with these guys. And they were, most of them were the owners of the restaurant. They're all private owned. And I I would go and tip. If you go eat, I was a waiter at Bingo. Um, my battery actually is going low. Hold on a second, Corey. I don't want to lose you. Um, but in any case, my um, uh, now my, my whole mindset was, uh, uh, if you go eat, I was a waiter at Bingo in high school. Tip well. Tip your waiter or waitress. That's how they make their living. Tip well. My daughter's a waitress. And always tip in cash because sometimes the restaurant doesn't give you your credit card tips. I'm just putting that plug out there for all the waiters. Well, well like I, I mean, I'm, I'm a waiter. Uh, right. The 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 tipping cash is. Are you a waiter or are you a uh-huh. waiter? 
I have like my my go to hacky jokes. Like I, I I try to be more of like a comedian waiter. Okay, I'm gonna try and, and get my charger to work while you're talking. Okay. Go so ahead. so like I have a thing where uh, I I kind of treat it like it's this misdirect. So like I'll I'll like sit in the chair and uh, each one of the booths in the middle of the restaurant has like these these like poles that have coat hangers on them so you can you can hang your coat when you sit down and i'll my one of my go-to jokes is i'll, I'll like go pull my phone out and i'll be like oh i do you guys want to see this post i've been trying to get them to take down like it's really driving me crazy and then i'll stand up and i'll bang my arm on the pole and i'm like yeah there it is right there that son of a bitch Does it get you extra tips? All the time. You could you could be like Meg on Family Guy. Do you, you watch Family Guy? Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, she pretended that Stewie was addicted to crack. Yeah, yeah. I remember that. You could go with that. I mean, that's well, option. Well, the thing is that the people who are also waiters around me, some of them most likely are also addicted to crack. <laughs> it's, it's that industry. You're right. My, my daughter's told me the stories. It's uh, <laughs> all right. So about tipping in cash, maybe it depends on what you feel about your waiter or waitress is going to do with it. But no, it's uh, yeah, it happens. That's like everything. Uh, do, do you think? Do you think if I if I got a tattoo on my arm that said "I promise I'm not on drugs," <laughs> I think specifically people, that, I, don't, I don't do crack. Right. Um, no. No. No crack. No heroin. Right. Yes. Yeah. Maybe that'll give you bigger tips. Maybe it, it, it might help. <laughs> there. I mean, there's less of a stigma for tattoos, but yet at the same time, you're going to still intimidate some people. So maybe just get like a billboard sign, like sandwich sign, and just say, "I don't do drugs." Please. Well, like like a like one of those like one of those uh, the the like furniture store. Sales that has that big arrow where right. people spin it. If that's if that arrow that I'm spinning just says I don't do drugs or, or something, and it's it's spin. I don't do the I don't do the bad stuff. I don't do any of the bad stuff. <laughs> or or if the arrow point to your coworker and say I don't do them, but that guy. <laughs> <laughs> I um, but okay. So going back to my restaurants and tipping well um one of the one of the things that i did when they did open and they could they could have appointment only like it had to be a reservation and all that stuff and the only 25 percent capacity well we went and we filmed at luigi's and we filmed at walters and we filmed at the chelsea and basically what we did is hey give them exposure for being open yeah Nothing against the Olive Garden, okay, but it was all private-owned businesses, okay. Not no, uh, corporate chains, yeah. Right, and we said, hey, these people are, you know, I wasn't like saying destitute, but yeah, some of the waiters and waitresses were struggling to survive. The restaurants that have been in business for years that had cash capital don't have that cash capital anymore. Mm -hmm. They spent it. They spent it living because it, you can't. Their their cat their cash is. Their cash is lowercase now. Right. Yeah, they're current. <laughs> it's current. <laughs> but, this, okay, so 
It was, hey, go eat at Luigi's, go eat at Walters, go eat at the Chelsea. Then we added Grotto's and Goober's Diner. And I've got another guy, Angelo, I just met. Like, and we're pushing that. And we would say, come buy a Cadillac. Come buy a used car or a Cadillac. I didn't care. And we'll give you $250. We'll, re we'll reimburse you $250. You got to go. You got to pay. You got to tip. And we'll reimburse you up to 250 to go to any one of those places. And that, I feel just as good as getting the standing ovation if I sent somebody their way. And, uh, I mean, it involved. We, our Thanksgiving show, we ended up feeding the homeless, you know, like with Ministry of Caring. So it's kind of like I've gotten to do my fun and fluff, but now I kind of feel like we're giving back to the community we're given more awareness, like aside from Delaware Cadillac, there's another reason for you to visit Wilmington. And, you know, think about it. You know, Philly, you, you, a lot of people think eagles, they think pretzels, and then they think violence. Wilmington, same thing. A lot of people think, oh, it's, you know, it's crap hole or it's this or that. Wilmington's got beautiful areas. Wilmington's got poverty and Wilmington's got more wealth. Like, I swear, Delaware's a different freaking country. There's a lot of beautiful things that are here and we're kind of exposing people to a different element, I think, with it. And it's good. I, 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 that rewards me, like I said, as much as the standing ovation is being able to give that exposure and add other elements, you know? I, I, dude, being, being a resource in any way that connects things together is something that brings me the most joy. I love like being fascinated by the thing that made this thing, the cause and effect of some things and the, the connection that, that people make and the changes that they provide for people. Mm -hmm. That's all, that's all. Or, or memories that they create or, uh, or, you know, currency that they exchange. <laughs> well, and you, I might be cheating a little because I did my homework, but I know just tying into what you said, you like, why do people do what they do? Like, you're asking mm -hmm. me, why do I have that, you know, what hole am I filling or what am I doing? Um, I did an interview of a guy named Jay Sigal. And I'm not a golfer. I can mini golf, like, with a windmill involved and a ramp. I'm like, awesome. Well, and yeah, I, I, I've retired from mini golf. I've, I've split too many pants. You did? Like, I retired <laughs> from video games? You retired from yeah. golf? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't wanna. I wanna. I wanna continue wearing tight ass pants. Dude, get you, like one pair of sweatpants you can live with. I guess, but then I, I don't really walk out of the house in sweatpants. I don't wear sweatpants very much. It's not a thing I do. If I wear sweatpants, it's just as be lounging around the house. I don't go if, out in sweatpants. If I could tell you who was gonna win the mini golf competition before. Oh, with those little tiny pencils, you under you underline it with the with the little tiny pencils. Would you be more enticed to then mini <laughs> if it was all the work? Wait, let's do a, let's do a, let's do a, a a mini golf episode of your your infomercial, the Delaware Auto Exchange T or it's Cadillac funny. TV. It's funny you said that. We highlighted. Um, where the Penn Cinema IMAX is, the riverfront. And we actually went to the mini golf 
Now, the problem is, is that we didn't actually mini golf. We just told people, hey, you know, there is Riverwalk mini golf, come mini golf. Uh, that was going to happen, but I think by the time we were doing that, it was like our third or fourth shoot of the day. It was dark. Puppets playing mini golf. That's awesome. That is elaborate. That'll probably get less views. Yeah, it's so elaborate. It's gonna have it's gonna have negative views. Right. It'll have it'll have minus minus nine views. As many people that watch the last Airbender will watch that video, <laughs> and it will just make me cry on the inside. Uh, you know, it, it it serves as a good record. You know what I mean? It's some it's something we talked about doing right here. And then we wound up actually doing it. What if people are following up? What if people care enough to see what's next? They want to see those mini golfing muppets. I, well, I don't know how many people that is. I'm sure they're out there. They're 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 driving their they're driving their their Cadillac. They're driving their Muppet Cadillac over to over to the the mini golf course. And I listen. You got to understand. I love Kermit, and like I'm the only kid in my class that wore a black armband on my arm. Okay, it was bandana the day that Jim Henson died. Like mm -hmm. Jim Henson died the same day as Sammy Davis Jr. And a lot of people just Sammy Davis. I mean, I love Sammy Davis too. Don't you know, Mr. Bojangles? I like great. Love the man. Very illustrious, but. Jim Henson, I wore the bandana, and uh, mm -hmm. but I've never considered Kermit to be a Cadillac man. I I didn't I didn't, he, I, didn't I never labeled him. Well, well, he he can't he can't afford it. He can't. Uh, Cadillacs are Cadillacs are a a, a a big a big ticket item. Uh, I don't know if he if he if he makes the currency <laughs> to pay for a Cadillac. Well, I know he's got a big piggy bank. <laughs> he, he made the movie. Didn't you watch? If you watch the Muppets, I mean, they did make it big one time. Uh, the, the 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 movie the movie that Jason Siegel wrote and, and starred in. Well, that one that one was the more recent, but I mean, years ago, like the the, the Muppet movie where he actually made a movie and it got picked up and became a big show. You know, I, I don't. I don't remember it. Uh, I don't. I, it's all right. You were, I guess you you were you were busy making video game wrestling. Secrets. Well, what? Well, when did it come out? Well, I I don't know. You if I we could if we could take you by a couple years. Let's um, see if we could guess what year it was. I don't even remember. I don't. I I I, I couldn't tell you. Because I might not even. I might not have been wrestling yet. We'll, we'll have to. To Google that, that information. I'm, I'm IMDB in it right now, bro. Okay, good. IMDB, bro. All right, here we go. The Muppet movie. I'm Googling it. Or IMDB in it. All right, I'm going to grab a water while you're Googling. You said you were going to do uh, Google lyrics if I had to go to the bathroom. So. Well, well, what I'll do right now is I'm going to look up the Muppet movie. And uh, well, I'll give I'll give details. 1979 was when the Muppet movie came out. I was negative four years old. Negative. So I <laughs> okay, I was actually four years old. 
Okay. Uh, at that point. Well, there you go. There's the there's the there's the medium there. I, well, and that and that's why. It, well, and remember, I mean, Sesame Street and Electric Company, more so Sesame Street, all that stuff, and even like Mr. Rogers, he had puppets. Like that's where you know all that inspiration went to me. You know that I would have. Uh, it, <laughs> if you make that, if you make that uh, Muppets mini golfing, you'll get the same amount of views as the year I was old <laughs> when the Muppet movie came out. <laughs> and we got negative four views. Well, listen. Okay, so spoiler alert. I don't know when this. Oh was. no! Not again! But Han Solo died. Um, I'll, I'll, she died in love at the end. I'll, I'll tell you that joke in a second. All right. So, spoiler alert: Corey and I are working on a collaboration. Can I talk about it? We Do it. All right. Well, I'm waiting on Dave, but we're gonna hopefully have DCW Wrestling, and we're gonna put it live. Really, it's pre-recorded, but live on the Delaware Cadillac Show. I'm very excited about that. That demographic is not, you wouldn't say immediately, okay, guy buys brand new Cadillac, Corey Castle body slams them. Like, you don't automatically put that together. But people that buy Cadillacs watch wrestling. People that buy Cadillacs may be into it, maybe not. I don't care. I think that it is a culture, it's a phenomenon that's going on in Delaware that we right. let people know about because it was incredible. I and, and I think doing that cross-marketing, because one, I got to see you, and yeah, I love you. You're my friend, and we'll be talking at every holiday. But I think that you do it. You have characters. You've got development stories. You've got performance and entertainment and it's engaging. Oh, and you know what's also funny? Um, it's... O overdrive TV, uh, DCW Overdrive TV. You can overdrive home in a new Cadillac. There, okay, there you go. And we, and we could have the Cadillac. What did you call it? The Cadoodly Wop. Uh, the Cadoodly Wop. Yes, that's that sounds way better than whatever I would have said. I like that so much more. And uh, that's the Cadoodly Wop. Yes. Well, just to catch up the viewers, Cadillac's very restrictive on my advertising. I brought up they don't like women in fishnets on hoods of cars, even though they're circus performers. Um, but they would not necessarily let me put a Cadillac emblem on a wrestling belt to have marketing <laughs> tie-in. Um, but what I think is you tell people about DCW, it's happening right in Delaware, Felton, Delaware, you know, whatever location that you have going on. I know you said there was one in Maryland too. But the thing is, is that this is happening. You can go see it. You hate that location. You can go yeah, see it like happening. <laughs> like touch it, feel it. Wear your mask because you have to now. But like it's engaging. And then I think bringing that into the Delaware Cadillac show, like, I mean, it's not as smooth as say the Muppets golfing. But yeah. I think it is it is awesome to have that crisscross of audience and it's going to be engaging to people to see it. And I don't care if you like wrestling or not. I just think it's, it's good for people to know what's going on. And can, can we do, can we do like a Muppets, 
Muppets playing mini golf and watching pro wrestling. Like, I will, and it would be like, <laughs> I, I, you know, I'm the guy that loves, you know, Jim Henson. I'm, I'm trying to feel you're becoming puppet obsessive. Uh, 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 pup, pup, obsessive. <laughs> you're obsessive. <laughs> so, yeah, I'll have to get you like a, a birthday gift. We'll have to get you like a puppeteer. And then well, you can start doing your own performances. Well, I, I, I've talked about it a bunch on here. Uh, I have, I got this uh, animal puppet, you know, animal from the Muppets. I got, when I was, it was my fourth birthday. It was my cousin, my cousin had it. And I was like, oh, that's awesome. Can I play with that? And she was like, no. And then she was like, okay, yeah, you can have it for your birthday. And so she gave, she gave me her animal puppet. Well, very nice. And I still have it. You could do, I think you could do puppet midget wrestling. Like, that would add two elements together. Oh, boy. Oh, shoot. That's, I'm throwing it out there. Yeah, we could, we could shoot that cinematically and, and, uh. You could make it happen. We could totally make it happen. Or, or if we, if we do a puppet, if we do a, a, a puppet pro wrestling mini golf sitcom. And, and we need Larry David on it just to. Uh, <laughs> where, where is Dragon? Unbelievable. Yeah, it is, and that, that, was, that was a funny episode. He just put the MAGA hat on so that people wouldn't bother him or like expect him to go anywhere or do anything. He would just offend people and they'd leave, so he got to go home. That was, yes, he was, was, that was funny. He's like, yes. Like, like, the same thing as like when he knew that somebody died as an excuse for things for a while. <laughs> oh, that brings up, the, oh, when he was at the country club. And they were giving this lady extra special treatment, and they're like, her husband died. And he was like, what are you talking about? That's his ex-wife. The man was remarried, and it was 10 years ago that he divorced her. And she's <laughs> still using her ex-husband's death as an excuse as to why she got, like, the last lamb chop. And, right. Or whatever the hell it was that he was trying to <laughs> do. So... Uh, so I kind of, I kind of want to do the thing where I flip it around and uh, give you the opportunity. Anything you want to say to me on the record, anything you want to ask me, please feel free to turn this into you interviewing me. Uh, for you, you, you've got hosting experience, but not not podcast hosting experience. This is your opportunity to flex those muscles. Um, I, you know, all right. Let's see. Um. What, of all the things that you do, of all the things that you do, what do you like the most? Um, I like, I, I think I like getting laughs the most, but I don't know if it, it's necessarily because of doing stand-up comedy, because stand-up comedy is so anxiety-ridden. Like, mm -hmm. I get really filled with anxiety and nervousness and fear. Right. Uh, I, I, I really want to be a very, very good comedian. I want to be a funny comedian. I want to get great at it. I don't really necessarily want to like go and get a get a, a, a Netflix special like right away. I, I want to get I want to get really good, undeniably good. And I know that in, in, in pro wrestling, 
I'm already that. I'm already that level of good. I'm already that level of I know I'm great at this and it's undeniable. But <laughs> I, I'd say that's the, the, when it comes to like it being my favorite, it's because it's the thing I know that I'm undeniably good at. Well, I, I have one solution. If you become a puppeteer, you could be a comedian and yet not have to stand in front of all the people, be behind a black uh, curtain. Mm -hmm. still get the laugh but not have the anxiety level but it's well and that's so wrestling would be your thing yes and it's and it and it is um you know because when i found out you were a wrestler and i always remembered that you were a wrestler about you like when i met you i think it's probably the first words out of your mouth i'm Corey castle i'm a wrestler like I, I, <laughs> it, it wasn't exactly that way but it was like Within the first three sentences, most, most people, most people anywhere on the in the uh, civilian world will never hear me tell you that I'm a wrestler, and I will not introduce myself as Corey Castle, at the wrestler. I'll just be like, "Hey, what's up, Corey?" Like uh, that's most of the time because I feel I feel like maybe it might come off as disingenuous and sort of like a an excuse to ask you to give me my flowers, give me my give me my propas. Well, and it wasn't, I wouldn't say it was like you were bragging. Right. The way it came up, um, and, and, and I can't remember exactly, because you didn't, like, there's people that are cocky, and there are people that are bravado, and they're people, like, I've never been a chest pounder, and I never will, and I, you, you've got me telling you a lot about different things I do, but um, I, I never took you that way, so it wasn't like it came off as... I'm Corey Castle and I'm a great wrestler. I didn't mean it that way, but I just remember it was like one of the defining things about you. Very easygoing guy um, and, and, and wrestling was your thing. And when you and I, cause we always, you know, I'll text you Christmas or, or New Year's or Thanksgiving or whatever. Hey, you know, and sometimes I get a little crafty with my messages and sometimes I'm a little shorter depending on how much time I have that day. Mm -hmm. um, uh, this this New Year's, I think it was, we kind of went and engaged. I because I no, it was Christmas because I had sent you the Christmas video that I do, right? And um, or, or that I did for the Delaware Cadillac show, and uh, it, you had commented that you were still wrestling and that you were still. And I I'm so happy to hear that because I had to cut doing my acting gig. I mean, at the time I was married and my daughter was still a teenager and health insurance and all those obligations and uh, my ex-wife basically quit her job and I had to go back into the car business and I don't regret anything because that like and, it, and it's so funny because I've heard you say it not 261 times because I didn't want to <laughs> but I, I you know I've heard you say all the things I went through are what got me to me right now and I, mm -hmm. I couldn't agree with that anymore like every choice, every mistake, every error, every everything is what led to me being here now. Good, bad, mm -hmm. and different. And I'm very happy with me right now. You know, it's uh, so so it is rewarding. And um, but the fact that you were able to continue to tap, you know, tackle literally that wrestling career and be in it, and the mm -hmm. fact you're still doing the comedy stuff. Maybe you don't get to do it as often as you like. And you've got to have like some other current way of getting additional currency 
so you can handle your current car payments or whatever. <laughs> yeah, no, but I, I you know, I, to me, I love that. I love that you love what you're doing, bro, and that you're doing it. So, is there is there any? Uh, I don't know if I really want to talk to you about my car too much, <laughs> but yeah, no, like no, on your car today, we can do I, that. Uh, yeah, uh, want gonna go ahead and, and uh, sell me a car? <laughs> when you when you like eye somebody up, like I know you've been in the car business for a million years. Eye somebody up, you go like, all right, I know what kind of car this person's gonna gonna want. You you like you kind of have your like you you kind of have your your judgment based off of experience. So people that you've experienced that were similar to me, what kind of car do those kind of people get? Do, do my kind of people get? Okay, here, well, here's the difference. Because um, I've been doing, although I say I'm 29 for 17 years in a row, I've been doing this for nearly 28 years. And something clicked for me a long time ago where I found out it has nothing to do with the car. Nothing. It has to do with you. That has to do with the person. Right. Okay. I don't look at a person and say this is the kind of car that they want. And I will never put, put a person into that scenario. What mm. I will I will always believe that every single person that ever walks in is a deal. I don't care who it is, I don't care what they're wearing, I don't care if they're in a suit. And I wear a suit every day for work, but if they're in a suit, usually they're hiding something. Or they're selling something more times than the person that's in the ripped jeans and the, or or you evidently in your tight pants. Tight um, pants. Sometimes they're ripped. Sometimes they're ripped right right in the butt. What whatever it is, but the reality from mini golf. If you if you treat the person the right way, and you you know and you and you find the right car, and and you give them the right deal or the perception of the right deal. You're going to make a deal every time, but the customer's got to pick the car. I'm never going to tell you what car you're going. And you, you have people that have credit situations or that have, you know, out of equity where they owe more than their car's worth or something of that nature. Right, right, right. In those circumstances, I might have to structure a deal and say, all right, you're better off going into a new car. Because believe it or not, people make the mistake of my credit sucks, so I have to get a used car. Well, used car, there's no ceiling unless the state has a rule on the interest rate. You can pay 28%, 29%. Whereas a new car might have a subvented rate where it's a um, something that the manufacturer offers. But regardless, the ceiling for the new car rate is lower. So if you can find a new car that's cheap enough to be in the person's budget... You might be better off putting them in a new car based on the credit circumstances um, and out of equity. You might have to tailor it and say, look, if you want to get out of this car that you owe 10 grand on it as a blown engine and you only have $1,200 to give me, then you really need to go into this direction. You know, this is the way that I can do it. I'll do what you want me to, but I'm going to get a bunch of X's and turndowns from the back. Doing it this way based on my perception because i'll always tell you i know nothing um meaning it's more become instinctive at this point i, I never want to make your decisions for you but i will kind of try and guide you in, into the right circumstance if you're 
you know, not sitting pretty and everything. I mean, you know, if the person's rich and they've got an 800 credit score, then, you know, they buy whatever the hell they want. But, you know, other than that, listen, you can you can walk in and tell me you want a freaking Escalade, you know, or tell me you want to use Toyota Corolla. I'll still love you, I, I, you know, and I don't <laughs> You know? That's right. That's really cool. Although I do believe that everyone deserves a Cadillac, and I do believe that I'm the guy that can typically make it cheap enough for anybody's pocketbook. But that's you know that's as much advertising on that side that I'll do. I've never carried a pocketbook, mm -mm. And, or, or or an umbrella, and I've never I've never worn lipstick. There's a bunch <laughs> of things. <laughs> High heels. <laughs> Kermit the Frog hasn't driven a Cadillac either, so you're in good. No, it's yeah, it's about time. It's about time we see Kermit the Frog driving a Cadillac. I I couldn't agree more. He may drive Corey Castle in the Cadillac to the mini golf place in the sweatpants uh, that we'll have to buy you. We'll, we'll have to get you a pair of sweatpants. My, uh, I'll be I'll be I'll be in the car behind him in the used Corolla that you're talking about. My. My, uh, all right, my, my iPad's literally going to die. It's at 1%. Okay. I was, I was like, I'm watching all your other, you know, podcasts, and I'm like, man, you know, he's on there for like an hour and 10, hour and 20 minutes with some of these folks. I hope I can give him a good 15 minutes. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's, there's a good 15 minutes peppered in there somewhere. We're, we're hopefully uh, got something. <laughs> quick, quick. Uh, speed round, just so we got, you know, hopefully I don't lose you, but uh, audio time capsule. What are you saying to your daughter when she finds this recording in 20 years? What's your direct message time stamped right here in 2022? What am I saying to my daughter? Mm -hmm. when she, she's listening. She's listening in 20 years to this exact recording. So you're not speaking to your daughter now. You're speaking to the the 20 years aged from now version of your daughter. Okay, I love you. I'm proud of you. And no, I'm still not buying you a brand new car. You've got to pay for that yourself. <laughs> okay. Hypothetically, I've given you this show. Uh, it's Evolving with Harry Boyer. You now have recorded your very first pilot episode in a very Jerry Springer's final thought type of way. How would you put a pretty little bow and takeaways... Like the takeaways from this episode and wrap it in a pretty little bow to send our folks happy home. And, and, and uh, well, uh, uh, maybe there will be a sequel. Uh, we don't know yet. Don't want to have any more spoilers. Uh, Corey, I love doing the show. I, I love, uh, you know, we, we stayed continuously connected, but I love that we are evolving our connection and, and yes. take it to the next level and bring wrestling and Delaware Cadillac and Corey Castle to the limelight together. We'll get our uh, likes and views, but but no, I just enjoyed the conversation, man. I hope I hope somebody else did. I hope at least the same number that'll watch my puppet and miniature golf episode and Last Airbender uh, will watch this and love it. And, <laughs> well, do you do? I want. I, I'm going to say this: you're inspiring because you're doing what you love. You love who you are. And I think all of us could take something from you. And listen, Delaware Cadillac Show, YouTube, like, subscribe. If you do want to buy a Cadillac, 
of the Delaware Cadillac. Tell them that you saw me on Corey Castle. Uh, do you have any impressions? Any Muppet voices that you might do? I do, and it's been a while, and I was waiting for that one. Okay, so Kermit the Frog? <laughs> Kermit the Frog it's, wants it's, to say... I don't know how it sounds anymore, because, you know... Okay, well, we'll just wing it. Let's see how it sounds. Kermit the Frog saying, be fun, have safe, keep evolving. Wait, hold on. Uh, I gotta, I gotta clear my throat and, and see if I can do it. I'm Kermit the Frog here, reporting to you live from the Cory Castle cocktail. Piggy! Was that any good? I don't know how it sounded. Yeah, yeah, can you have Kermit say the catchphrase of the show? That's how we wrap it. We're going to say, be fun, have safe, keep evolving. Okay, wait. Be fun, have safe, keep evolving. Mm-hmm. All right, hold on. I got to drink. Okay. I think I got this. Be fun, have safe. I'm going into Marvin the Martian, dude. Well, there you go. Marvin the Martian Marvin the Martian saying is just as good. Well, can I just say it as Harry Boyer? Dude, dude, say it as Harry Boyer. Be fun, be safe, keep evolving. Thanks so much. Harry, this is awesome, man. Uh, I, I, it's lovely catching up with you. I love you, man. And love you. Uh, if, if you ever need a friend, judgment-free conversation, don't hesitate to reach out to me. Let me be a resource for you in any way that I can be. I love that we're staying connected, and uh, this is this is just this is just still the very beginning, even though it's been eleven years. That's right, man. We got the Corey Castle WrestleMania Puppet Midgets event for the Delaware Cadillac Show soon in a theater near you. If, if, if you're listening and this is the first time you're checking out the show, uh, go back and check out all the, oh, lost you. Go back and check out all the other shows, uh, at 262 episodes now at this point, uh, hit subscribe, follow me on the YouTube and, uh, let me know you exist. Maybe leave a comment below and, uh, thank you so much for the currency of your effort and your time. Be fun, have safe, keep evolving.